After we argued about how much tennis we're going to allow ourselves to discuss with him, he has joined us before. He has been a good friend to our show, and he will be calling Wisconsin Ohio State on Saturday night on ABC from the Horseshoe. It is our friend Chris Fowler on Wilde and Tausch. Chris, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm great. I, am I speaking to Spam Risk? That's how you come up on my caller ID, just so you know. I would never pick that up, but it's just Spam so, Madison. Scam likely, yeah. So here's, Spam here's Madison said, I'm going to take a shot. So I'm a little bit concerned I'll about that. face this morning, fellas. Well, your, your colleague, Jeff Pass, ESPN, who joins us frequently to talk baseball, <laughs> he actually has a policy that if there are radio shows that he doesn't want to talk to, he puts them into his phone as do not answer this call. So if we ever get to that point with you, don't tell us. Because we're going to just keep calling. As long as you mix in a little tennis, we're fine. Don't worry. We're never getting that file. All right. We were, we were arguing before you joined us because we both love tennis and we certainly love being able to have you on the show and talking tennis. But we also, obviously, with you calling Wisconsin-Ohio State, need to talk that too. So, so let's let one of our favorites choose. You want to talk tennis first, Chris, or do you want to talk Badgers? No, let's Buckeyes talk football first. first. Let's talk football first. Let's keep the people happy. <laughs> Even if it's not Towers that's happy. All right. So I'm your expect so so your expectations going to this game because we were talking before, and obviously we want to see Wisconsin do well. We want a close game. We want an entertaining game. Uh, I'm. I'm I'm sensing some nervousness among Badgers fans that going into the horseshoe, as the big underdogs, it's going to be even worse than the line would indicate. What's your feel as you've gotten ready for this game? <laughs> well, anybody coming in here to play Ohio State should be concerned or worried. I mean, you see the offensive firepower. I mean, when you score 11 touchdowns last week, I know Toledo's not great, but they're also a decent team for, at MAC level. And Stroud is so accurate, and he's so much better out of the pocket and on the move. He's really rounded out his game. He wasn't mm -hmm. bad before, but the accuracy scares you. They haven't even had all their weapons yet. I'm not sure Smith and Jake was going to be able to contribute much in this game. Um, you know, I can't. We can't share what comes out of the coaches' meetings, but he, he hasn't been as active. And Henderson, as you know, left the game after four carries. But they're so deep, it doesn't even matter. And they have such a wealth of, of young receivers that even without um, you know number eleven wreaking havoc out there, you've got Harrison and Abuka and Fleming and Maya Williams is a great fill-in. So they should scare you. I mean, I don't think Badgers defense has been as disruptive as last mm -hmm. year's unit. Right. And, you know, right. You, you expect that when you lose two stud linebackers to the NFL. Leonard's a very very smart guy. They continue to have the knack for making an interception. They're going to have to keep that streak alive. And even though. CJ doesn't throw picks. So it's going to take a, a massive effort. Um, you, you throw in a question with the kicking game. I mean, it doesn't add up. 
to a big upset, but you know, I, I have faith in Wisconsin's style of play that they can they can hang tough and, and perhaps make Ohio State look out of character a little bit. Yeah, Chris, I, I mean, the formula is, I mean, from a Wisconsin standpoint, you're going to be physical, you're going to shorten the football game when you're playing against teams that have more athletes, which Ohio State does. But when you're watching this, when you're watching Wisconsin through its first three games, we always win up front. And when you look at the Washington State game, that isn't the case. What do you think about when you look at Wisconsin's offense so far? Because I actually think Graham Mertz has played pretty doggone good. It's just been a little bit inconsistency in the run game. What have you seen? Definitely that's true. I mean, the one quality opponent they played, not only were they not moving people around, but they had crucial penalties, very un-Wisconsin-like. As you guys know and the fans all know, you know, Wisconsin has never made – a habit of overcoming a bunch of mistakes and penalties. I mean, that's just not the MO. Don't make them in the first place. And when you when you hold and have hands to the face and the, the odd false start, you know, stuff that's happening in the red zone, obviously Cundiff's turnover in that game was out of out of character and, and, and spoiled a big game that he had had before that. But it was it was purely mistakes. Obviously they outplayed Wazoo, should come in here at three and oh, but that's the one quality opponent I see on tape. I watch the other games. There's not much you can learn from them. So I have concerns about their front against Ohio State for, for sure because, you know, Ohio State's version of Herbig is Jack Sawyer who plays that Jack position. He moves around. He has the freedom to roam and create disruption. And if the offensive line isn't buttoned up, number 33 for Ohio State's going to be in Merck's face. I, I do think he's going to have to have the game of his life. And no quarterback's supposed to go into a game thinking that, right, guys? But you, know, you look at Graham's history against ranked teams. We, we have all sorts of data breakdowns. Talked to him yesterday, and, and you know he's saying all the right things. Mechanically, he's improved. I think his confidence is good. But I still think it's going to take something from him that we have not yet seen, which is beating a ranked team throwing the ball, which they have not done with him. And, and you know, the two wins late, Purdue, Iowa, as fans there know, were not that was not done with the passing game. And you're going to have to do some stuff tonight or tomorrow night with the passing game to beat Ohio State. So, you know, I, I certainly hope he can step forward and, and show growth and improvement, um, or it is going to be a long night. And we, we want the same thing you want. We want a close, compelling, competitive game right down to the finish. Yeah, Chris, last one for me on, on this, because i got a ton of tennis stuff I'd love to talk <laughs> with you. And I know everybody's clamoring for more tennis talk, but it, I guess up front, you know, Ohio State has just continued that, that defensive end rush linebacker. You talk about the Bosa's and everybody else. Is there, you, you talk about Sawyer, but is that the part where you're most concerned if you're a Badger fan? Because if Graham Mertz has time, which he had last week, obviously against New Mexico State, where that rush isn't, to that degree, the receiving core, I really like the receiving core. I think that's growing. Is that the part, though, that you're most concerned about is, is trying to keep him upright with uh, Wisconsin's offensive line? Yeah, I don't, I don't think you see superstars on Ohio State that are proven guys. that, that you, you don't look and you see, you mentioned the Boses, Chase Young. I don't see guys like that. Zach Harrison is a, is a darn good college rush player. Sawyer's a sophomore. He's got a big future. They're they're physical inside. They limited Notre Dame. They roll in some bodies. I don't see a superstar to contend with. They're they're beatable at the back. Now they held some guys out at safety last week who 
they, they say can be available. But Ohio State's given up a 50-plus yard pass play in every game. If you look at the, the, the yards per attempt allowed, they're poor. And that's obviously a, a high-risk defense The Jim Knowles employees. are going to give up some big plays, but that's where Mertz and whether it's you know, DK or Lewis or Ingram, somebody is going to have to, to seize their opportunity and, and get a chunk play and keep that trend going. Because uh, Ohio State is, is going to be tough to march the ball on. But, but you know, can Mertz, well, I guess, you know, become better downfield than he was last year? What, that was a serious area of, of concern and struggle, as you guys know. Can they make, take their opportunities, make their plays? They're going to have to. Talking with ESPN's Chris Fowler, he will call the Badgers-Buckeyes game tomorrow night from the Horseshoe with Kirk Herbstreet. How's Herbie holding up, by the way, with his new gig with Amazon? I mean, you're having to share him. That's a pretty big workload. It's almost as much as Tausch works. Uh, how's he holding up so far? <laughs> He's good. I mean, we're into week two. He was up in Cleveland, so we'll see. He's in Knoxville for game day. He'll blast in here after that tomorrow. Um, he's got a lot of energy. He, he preps extremely well. I don't think anybody else yep. uh, that I know could, could handle this workload, straddle the NFL and college. But obviously the Buckeyes, you know, he, he knows them inside out. And I think it, we have a good feel for Wisconsin's program, even though we didn't do them last year. So I expect he'll be prepared. And listen, I mean, I, I don't, it, it's almost beyond belief. When you start to get to week 11 and 12, talk to me then. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, it, well, it takes a ton of energy to do this. We'll have you back for more tennis talk then, and we'll check in on Herbie as well. All right, I have one more football question, but it's a big-picture question. And, and, look, you love college football. Tausch and I obviously do, too. Tausch teases me because I watch so many of the bowl games late in the year. I, I, I'm always worried about college football. We talk about NIL and all the other challenges that are as the landscape has shifted, but we're sitting here talking about Ohio State and their wide receiver group, and I'm looking at, as I cover the NFL, two guys that were just there last year that are now studs in the NFL, right? And Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, they just continue and continue to reload the haves versus the have-nots. When you look from the 30,000-foot view of college football, what do you feel good about where college football is at, and what worries you about college football? Well, I, you feel good about the, the continuous wave of athletes coming into the sport. You mentioned the receiving core. Great athletes, I, I think, more than ever, are, are migrating to that position. I think wide receivers are, are, play is the overall second most important thing in football after after the quarterback. I think it's overcome um, offensive line in that area. And, and I think you're going to have a wave of great athletes, great pitch and catch combinations. College football is going to be high scoring and, and entertaining in that way. Um, but you, you mentioned the bigger picture concerns. If you loved everything about college football and you wanted to go forward and have it be unchanged, then you're going to have a problem because all those certain things about the sport are going to be unrecognizable. The roster fluidity, you basically have free agency in the sport, um, but without salary caps. And that's the problem. When you, when you combine elements of the NFL, the, the fluidity of the rosters, but you don't have a salary cap and you have a portal, then you're going to continue to have the rich, the super rich, which Ohio State is certainly among, get richer. Now, Wisconsin can strategically use the portal to shore up some areas, you know, in the secondary, which they've done. Some teams refuse to use it, like Iowa, which just baffles me. 
Um, some, some teams like Alabama can be very selective, but they recruit so well, as Ohio State does. So I, I think the troubling trend in the sport is dominance by a few programs. And the, the belief, and it's well-founded from fans, that only a handful of teams every year are capable of winning the championship. And that those teams don't change year to year. That's a problem. That's a serious problem. Expand the playoff. Okay, that allows access. It allows participation by more schools. It'll make more games playoff meaningful down the stretch. But is it going to change who plays for the championship, who takes home the trophy? I mean, I don't know. The top four teams get buys. I mean, that just makes the path easier in a way. So that's the biggest problem in the sport. And the, the issues you laid out, are, are funneling and flowing into that and, and not changing it. So it's always the unintended consequences of reforms. I believe in NIL. I believe players should get a share. I, that that I hasn't fully been sorted out yet, though. Right. I mean, there's, there's going to be bigger demands uh, for money, a bigger share of TV money down the line. And, and that's why I say the sport might be unrecognizable. You're going to have players enrolled in college playing football on Saturdays. That's never going to change. But what yeah. that looks like and feels like is going to be different. Chris, is it the – because Barry Alvarez was talking. He, I think we all agree if you come Braylon Allen and you've shown that you're a player, go ahead. I think it's the recruiting part of it, and I know that's where a lot of people are pushing back, where high school kids are getting 600 to a million bucks to come in and haven't proven anything. Are you okay with that part of it, or would you rather see it, the recruiting stuff kind of get regulated a little bit and you earn that NIL money when you're actually on campus? I'm not okay with it, but I don't know what you can do about it. I mean, you yeah. can complain about every uh, – that, that, I think, is the unintended consequence of, of the reform. And you know, we haven't even seen – we don't have enough time to figure out how this is going to shake down and affect sports other than football and basketball. You know, how, how is it going to affect the Olympic sports? Is there going to be any money at all left over for that? Um, and obviously the, the potential – not potential, it, it is straight-up corruption that's going on is hard to stop when it's basically allowed by the rules. So, um, I, yeah, it, it's very problematic. But that's what I mean by the sport not being recognizable mm-hmm. uh, it, going forward. I, I don't know what, 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 if anything, can be done because the NCAA is a governing body. That, that's fading. That, that's yeah. going to be, I think, phased out pretty soon. Yeah, agree. All right, let's get to what we all really want to talk about. Roger Federer, he's closing <laughs> up shop. At the, uh, so it sounds like he's going to play with Rafa. Can you just tell us yeah. the impact? I mean, the impact that Federer had, and I'm sure you felt it because you know him, And but there's just kind of a sadness that it's over. We all knew it was coming, but just your thoughts on Fed. Yeah, I mean, first of all, today is a monumental tennis event. I, I don't, I, I don't have tennis channel, um, but he and Nadal playing doubles together in London is Rogers' final pro match. It isn't that a cool way to go out? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, these two great rivals who have pushed each other, elevated the game, elevated each other's games, as well as denied each other trophies, and become really good buddies despite all that. Get to play doubles in London. I mean, it's, it's an impossible ticket if they play. You know. Um, a couple of American guys who, I guess, play the, the, the Washington General's role or the bad guy spoiler <laughs> role, the, the, the wrestling jobber. I mean, I, I, I don't know what, what uh, you know, <laughs> Taylor Fritz and Tiago are, are you supposed to beat them? I mean, you'd be, <laughs> you're the ultimate villain. Everybody wants to see Federer go out with a win. He makes people feel just great when they watch him. I think that's important, you know. You, you, by the way, he played the game. 
you, there's a lot to love about tennis. I'm, I wouldn't try to convert anybody listening to this who's not a tennis fan, but there's a greatness of the sport that's hard to find elsewhere for me. The individuality of it, you got there alone and you, you overcome your own demons and the other guy. And, and I think Roger, in, in the course of doing that, has also made it look beautiful. And that's what people will remember. Just the, the beauty of the shots. If you go back and look at young Federer, the highlight reel is insane. I mean, it's absolutely insane, the shot making. It, it, as he's evolved and grown and aged, you know, into his mid-late 30s and now over 40, you know, the game has changed a bit. Uh, but, you know, he don't, don't forget how incredible an athlete and a shot maker he was and how he revolutionized tennis in, in his younger days. And um, it couldn't go on forever. I wish he'd played one more year. I wish it wasn't ending today. But, you know, thanks for the memories. He'll never be forgotten. We'll never see a legacy quite like it. He's the most beloved athlete I've ever seen in any sport. Okay? Now, non-tennis people, you can balk at that. Team sports are different because you're never going to embrace fully a guy. How is Brady going to be seen as the most beloved? He's not. And neither is Jordan or LeBron because you have opposing fans. Well, there's opposing fans in tennis, but, but Federer is the most beloved athlete I've ever seen in any sport, period. And I don't think it's even close, to be honest with you. And Chris, is that because of how he played and how he carried himself, or what? Because even with Joke, I mean, Djokovic obviously is more polarizing, but Rafa is Rafa is really respected. But Federer, from a fan base standpoint, you know, all the RF hats around. It, what is it about Federer? Is it just his grace? What's the the the, uh, the characteristic? I think it's all package. I mean, the way he uh, behaves off the court, such a classy ambassador to tennis. Um, he, he's a really generous guy. He's got a, he's got a side to him that, that maybe fans don't see. He's got a very goofy sense of humor. <laughs> he's not afraid of a dirty joke. Um, he's a guy's guy. But the, the elegance of, of his um, ambassadorship of the sport, you know, just, just the way he's always been a good steward. The guys at the top of the game have a tremendous amount of influence over how the others play and how the others behave. And when, when he was sort of at top um, in the Nadal joining him there, it, it was, it was a different era of tennis than when my buddy, Johnny Mack or Connors or, you know, back, you know, back in the seventies and the eighties and, and, you know, who knows what, what we're going to see going forward. I have to say that Nadal is right there with him. If you're going to talk greatest of all time, I mean, Rafa is very much uh, either leading or right there in the conversation. And so is Djokovic and Nadal has been the most admired player I've ever covered in any sport over time but but roger just brought a, a different a different way of, of playing and and behaving that I, I think has been admired for so long by so many all right chris you know we would keep you as long as we possibly could and and we kind of are um <laughs> l- last thing though because it, while you're helping us fix college football i can't let you leave without asking you about how what we do for tennis too because you just got done talking about federer we don't know how much longer rafa will play and we also said goodbye to serena williams um how do you view tennis moving forward because people came up pickleball threat too pickleball threat of tausha's favorite game pickleball also a factor uh how do you see tennis moving forward without two more of its stars just fine. The young wave is coming. Young fans want young players, and, and that's, 
that's the truth. I mean, all those of us that have watched the entire career arc of Serena and Roger and Rafa, you know, you mourn that, and, and, and you should in some ways. But mm-hmm. the younger people watching want young players, and the way Carlos Alcaraz emerged and arrived and built his legend at the U.S. Open and was challenged by guys like Yannick Sinner and other young players I could name that your audience won't know very much about. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's in good hands. It's incredibly athletic. I think at the U.S. Open, you saw young guys almost elevate the sport in front of our eyes, the way they were playing, you know, the, the, the way the ball was being hit, the movement of the players. It's fine. If you, if you like athletic sports, then you're going to like tennis going forward. I, I think mm-hmm. that you've got to make sure you develop the personalities. Fans have to connect with these guys you know, in, in such a way that's beyond their shot-making. To, to really gain in popularity, but I, I like what's going on in, in, in men's tennis and women's tennis is, is wide open, lacks the singular star power, which is difficult right now, um, but I suspect, as always happens, that, that, that more stars will emerge there. It, 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 but it's just it's very unpredictable week to week, wide open and interesting in that way. Uh, but but I, I think that there, there's a lot to like about tennis going forward. All right, Chris, before we let you go, the – Badger fans, Sunday morning, not asking you to make a prediction. Will Badger fans feel better about their team or worse when they're flying home from Columbus? Depends how they feel now about it. I mean, I, do you expect <laughs> to win the game? Do you, I, mean, I, I think that, look, I'm, what you want to come out of this is you want to see a competitive game. You want to feel like the West Division in the Big Ten um, is viable. I mean, look, look around at the division. I mean, my God. It's not great. I mean, if, if you come out of this thinking Wisconsin is not the best team in the West, then, then I think you, that, that's a reason for concern. But, you know, I think how's, how's number five going to play? And that's what you want to feel good about, guys. I mean, you, you talked about the problem of keeping them upright, and, and the offensive line's got to be better. Um, Braylon gives you a really good running back. I like DK. I like what some of the receivers can do. But a lot of this game is quarterback play. You didn't have to outplay C.J. Stroud, but he's got to – the gap can't be huge in quarterback play tomorrow night. And that's what you want to mm. see. You just want to see him build and improve and, 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 and put together a great year. Chris, with two girls tennis players in my house, you're on my television a lot when you call tennis, and you'll be on my television tomorrow night when the Badgers and Buckeyes play. Thanks for always making time for us, buddy. We really appreciate you. Well, I hope you can get to Camp Randall one more time, man. This is our this is our swan song season, you know, visiting Big Ten campuses. So I hope we can get there one more time. And and uh, Badgers looking good, but help that. But it's always fun to talk to you guys, and we continue to do that. Yes, thanks for being so good with us. We appreciate it. That is that is Chris Fowler. He will be calling Wisconsin-Ohio State tomorrow night from the Horseshoe. It would be great if he gets to come back one more time to Madison as well. Yeah, I I, I sense he thinks Ohio State's going to blow us out of the gym. I do believe that's what he's... He was really nice was, about it, that though, was wasn't the he? Vi- he could not he have been nicer about He was about nice that. about it. If, if he's saying... Mertz has got to outplay Stroud. Uh, we in trouble. You think they're going to put that Maryland-Wisconsin game November? No, I was thinking Rutgers. Isn't Rutgers coming here too? <laughs> game um, day with Rutgers. Uh, well, we we hope that we see him down the road, but uh, we will definitely see him on our televisions tomorrow night as the Badgers take on the Buckeyes. Uh, want to remind you that we also have Cover Five going on. So if you want to pick your five. 
pro football games against the spread, all you got to do is go to Cover5.com or the Cover5 app. They are both free to play. You can win $100 each week. All you got to do is use the promo code WI22. That's WI22. Check out Cover5, both Cover5.com and the Cover5 app. More next, live from Steinhoffel's On the Beltline. It's Wilde and Tausch.